The following audio drama is rated R for rockin'. You can be sure that everything you wanted to see when you're a teenager is here. Just tantalizingly out of reach if you're under 17 or 18 years old. Hi, this is Spencer Coles, project director for Albion the Old Kingdom, which is set well before the events of Fable the Lost Chapters, during an era seemingly lost in time. The Old Kingdom. Our story primarily follows the life of William Black, and how he procured the means to vanquish the Court of Blades. And through this venture, the long-forgotten past will be unveiled, revealing how the thriving ancient realms of the Edgelands withered away. This specific episode you're about to hear is Chapter 2, Awakening of Order. From everyone here at Willspring Productions, we thank you for listening. The sun had long fallen past the sky as an amber hue glistened against the faint ripples of the verdant lake water. At this point, the melodies of all the songbirds had diminished and creatures of the night began to stir in their slumber. To a certain extent, I felt indifferent to my environment, disconnected from what I once believed held purpose and beauty. Perhaps we all reach that stage at some point in our lives, but I couldn't help but feel as if I held some form of remorse over these same constants that perpetuated through my head. I veered my gaze and caught glimpse of a young girl and her friend playing soldiers at Lady Esmeralda's Larkspur Garden. It reminded me of all the moments I shared with my darling little brother. It stung to remember. I'm glad that I finally had. I turned to see Sparrow and Ravos, the camp's merchant, sparring with wooden swords near our caravan. Despite all my uncertainties and years of emptiness, I finally found a piece of my life that had been missing for so long, something that replenished that sense of meaning in my heart, and I would not let this world brutally choke out the last of my bloodline. I smiled and approached them as I made my way further down the overlook. Uh, hey! <laughs> Looks like your stand still needs a bit of work, boy. You can't do that! Oh? And why is that exactly? Well, your strikes were dirty. It's cheating! Listen, Sparrow. At no point will your opponent ever show you remorse, pity, mercy. I will most certainly not fight honestly. You must adapt to your surroundings and circumstances if you wish to live. Otherwise, your enemies will exploit that and wield it against you. You're a nomad, like the others, right? Of course. I am a follower of Lamentia, all the same. But why do you carry a blade if you pursue peace? I carry a blade in hope that I will someday never have to wield it again. But until then, I'll always have it near me, so that I can help procure that future, to cultivate a better Albion for the ones I love. Come, Sparrow. There is more for us to discuss. Good night, Ravos. Farewell, Sparrow. There's still plenty of sunlight out. 
Why did you cut us off so early? My child, you are more blind than I am sometimes. We still have another half hour of daylight left. Some early rest would do you good. I also wanted to pick up where I last left off. The wind continued to howl its dissonance as Braun's body laid lifeless in front of William. He then withdrew his sword from Braun's chest and sheathed his blade once more. Holder then cast his gaze across the battlefield, measuring the horrors of the aftermath. We'll be slaves to the scorn for this, Solcius. We should have never put them all at risk. I accept the consequences for the failures that I've made. But this was necessary. There was no other choice for us. At what cost? To what gain? They're all gone. And for what? For bloody coin. They've slaughtered our neighbors before this whole dear. And once we ran out of coin, they would have grown tired of us and have everything burned to the ground. Iron Brand would be nothing but ash if these damn marauders were left to their own devices. Justify it all you like, but we're just as guilty of murder as that dead bastard over there was. Just then, a faint noise of man gasping for breath caught the three's attention. William darted over to a wounded Bowerstone guard who was buried beneath a pile of corpses. Other preservers, he's still alive! Hold on! William and Holder unpiled the bodies and tossed them to the side and pulled the guard free. Where's the rest of the regiment? There could be more wounded, but as far as we know, we're all that's left. Just bloody great. The commander will have my hide. William looked down and noticed the infected gash in the guard's leg and the fresh wound in his side. Can you stand? Not on my own, but I should be able to manage walking with some help. Of course. Hold her. Help me get him to his feet. We need to get him back to town. There's no one in Ironbrand capable of treating him. His wounds are far too severe. Well, where else would we take him? His best chance is in Bowerstone. He'd never make it. That's entirely too far on foot. What about the decoy cart? We could take that, buy us more time. If it's still there, then perhaps. It's our only option at this point. Solcius drew his blade and kept guard, while William and Holder escorted the guard toward the main passing. When they finally reached the road, they spotted the decoy caravan with three horses still attached to the reins. We'll have to leave the cart. It'll make us less of a target. I agree. All right. We need to tread carefully, though. I've never taken this passing at night knows what looks at this hour. The group then mounted up and set off for the night, hastily darting down the dusky trail. Over the passing hours, the group would veer and kick up clumps of earth behind them as the withered poplar trees loomed in the desiccate breeze. However, little to their knowledge, something sinister seemed to lurk and loom in the thickets, keeping an ever-watchful eye, a creature of pure malice. 
A balverine then pounced and sunk its putrid claws into William's horse, killing the mare and hurling the two to the dirt. The scent of blood frenzied the beast as it lashed toward the wounded guard. However, William knocked the balverine aside and sliced its shoulder. The monster then leaped on top of William, wildly chomping its fangs, while William shielded it away with his blade. Holder then plunged his sword through the balverine, creating a torturous shriek as it scurried off into the tree line. Bloody hell! Did we kill it? No, you only maimed it. You need silver augments or weapons to actually kill one of those damn things. Do they tend to travel in packs? Bugger must have been a straggler. But unfortunately, yes, they do. And we won't have long until it lets the others. Then let us make haste, you fools! We have to go now! The group made an effort to outrun the pack, yet William could still feel one of the Balverine's fiery breath on the back of his neck. As they passed around the bend, the group came upon a band of men bearing strange cloaks and armor. They quickly doused their weapons with pitch and set their maces ablaze, driving the beasts away. Well met. Thank you, gentlemen. We are in your debt. Quite a situation you blokes managed to get yourselves into. <laughs> a second later, you would have been balvering food. The damned pale ones are the worst to deal with, too. Even for us, they're nothing to laugh at. And now there's a whole bloody pack of them. Just a fucking luck. Will you need our aid? We'll manage. Besides, you need to get that poor sod to a healer. He doesn't have long. Hi. Who do we have to thank? I'll make sure to mention your names. Craster. The lanky wanker over there is Dob. We're with the Flames Order. Who are you calling a wanker? Wanker? Farewell, gentlemen. Tread carefully. When they finally came upon the Bowerstone Gates, the sun had gradually loomed over the horizon, and swarms of finches elegantly glided across the stark, lilac sky. One of the men stationed on the wall aimed his crossbow upon the group as they approached the entrance gate toward the old quarter. Oi! Hold right there! Start your business! Bloody hell, they have one of our wardens! Declan! You fared all right down there, mate. Just a couple of grazes. Nothing too serious. Where's the rest of the detail? We're... All that's left. Lamentia preservers. All right. Send them in and have a couple of the boys escort them to the precinct. Yes, sir. A few of the lads will take you lot to the precinct. Safe travels, gentlemen. Along their passings through Bowerstone, Holder caught eye of a group of women dressed in rather promiscuous clothing and violently batting their eyes at him. Blimey! The ladies here are something else, aren't they? See the way they're all glancing at me? What? 
You mean those escorts back there? Escorts? Let lay people around the city or something? Yes, and right into a local harem. No, surely not. <laughs> you seriously think they were? Of course they were, you don't. Did you not see the way they were dressed? <laughs> we are most certainly not in Iron Brandon. As the three sat in the confines of the precinct, awaiting news of Deglan's health, the Commandant of the Guard walked through the threshold and greeted them. He had withered grey hair and a prominent scar on the left side of his face. I had a word with Declan before the healers tended to him. He informed me that you three managed to kill Braun O'Deargang, the Westcliff Skull's chieftain. Is that correct, lads? Aye, though it wasn't just us, sir. Most of the militia fought alongside and perished in the battle. Very well. I'll personally see to it that they receive proper burials. Though, as grateful as I am for Iron Brand's sacrifice, and for the return of one of my wardens, I can assure you that this won't be a heavy setback for those bastards. Another chieftain will unite them all together, or they'll form up a different band. So our bloodshed meant nothing then? What I'm trying to get at is that this has merely created a power shift in their circle. If we want to capitalize on it, we need to act quickly, which is why I'm taking you with me when I present this information to the Royal Circle. Royal Circle? You mean the Queen Regent and her councils? Yes. She will certainly want to hear of this. And so, Holder Ollenfield, William Black, and Solcius Fairfax scaled the great steps of Castle Grey. Its resplendent marble pillars gleamed in the amber hue of the midday sun, growing ever more grand as they continued to draw closer to it. The foyer doors then swung ajar to reveal an illustriously well-dressed man standing firmly in the entrance. He then gave a slight courteous bow toward Commandant Lavery. Ah, Council Lavery. I do apologize. I wasn't expecting your arrival until much later. The kitchen staff is currently predisposed as of the moment, I'm afraid. That's perfectly fine. I actually arrived early to have you tend to my guests before the main gathering. They fought in the Battle of Oakfall Barrows. They are true heroes of our great city and will be appointed as my squires for the evening. Ah, of course. News travels quickly. The pleasure is all mine, gentlemen. I will personally see that they are properly clothed and groomed, sir. I more than trust you will make them presentable. I shall be in the Great Hall if you should need me, lads. Of course. Thank you, sir. Uh, this way, gentlemen. I have a fair amount of work in store for me, it appears. By the time the group had been adequately fitted and made presentable, the moment grew ever closer. Before I bring you to the main chamber, there are a few vital specifics that I need to address. First, when you are walking, you must always arch your shoulders back 
Elevate your chin at a proper position and always maintain proper eye contact. Secondly, never speak to any highborn unless spoken to. When addressing Her Eminency, it is essential that the term Your Grace, Your Majesty, or My Queen is not only present, but properly utilized in your response. Now, with all that said, I shall take you back to the company of your steward. Winston then led them through the west corridor and up toward the entrance of the main chamber. Ah, damn fine work as always, Winston. Thank you, sir. Though, it wasn't a simple task. Yet, again, nothing ever is with you, I'm afraid. The Commandant gave a sly smirk. Come now. I have to make things interesting for you once in a while. (laughs) I never denied that it was interesting, sir. The butler then descended down the staircase and entered one of the storerooms. Let's take our place, gentlemen. The affair should be starting any minute. Candlelight violently flickered throughout the hall as shadows delicately danced against the scarlet banners, prominently embroidered with the Bowerstone crest. Highborns and nobles began to conclude their conversations as they eventually made their way to their assigned places. Just then, a housecarl stepped forward and bore a flag at chest level. My lords and ladies of the court, I present to you her royal eminency, the Queen Regent of Bowerstone and Proctorate of the Edgelands, Elia Grey. The entire council stood to their feet as the Queen Regent of Bowerstone made her grand entrance before the chamber. Let it be known that on the 23rd day of harvest, on the 1400th year of the goddess Lamentia, the crown conducted business for its people. It is now known. Very well, let us proceed. Consul Lavery, I am informed that you have submitted an urgent matter for the agenda. Yes, Your Grace. And if I may, I request to present my squires before the floor as well. I'm sorry, Your Grace, but what place does a squire have at our council? Please, Your Majesty. These are the victors of the Battle at Oakful Barrows. And you made them your squires? You do realize they're worth far more than glorified servants. Of course, Your Grace. But I only operate in the authority that I possess. Then you shouldn't have operated in that authority at all. Yes, my queen. My apologies. Bring them forth. Two of the house carls then brought William, Holder, and Solcius before the queen. The three then knelt. Your keep and its people have paid a sacrifice that Bowerstone can never truly repay. The Crown and all of the Edgelands will flourish thanks in no small part to your contributions. You are true guardians of our realms. Thank you, you, Your Grace. Grace. Your Grace, if I may. Of course. While I am sympathetic to Iron Brand's efforts and the contributions they've made so far to our keep, the skulls of Westcliff will not be set back forever. They will regather and appoint another chieftain or create another band and continue to pillage across the Edgelands. If we want to truly eradicate this filth, we need to strike and capitalize off their weakness. You think I am blind to where our priorities lie? I am fully aware of the course that needs to be taken, and I'm taking another step toward procuring a better means to do so. 
Tell me, Commandant Lavery, how many years has the guard spent in the effort to slay Braun O'Deargain? Three, Your Grace. And how many men have perished in that campaign? Far too many, Your Grace. And yet you've still failed in all your endeavors. It appears to me that the Ironbrand Militia is far more capable of dealing with this threat. With all respect, my queen, we are all that's left of the Militia. I see. Very well, then. I shall commission a new order to be founded, with its goal of protecting Bowerstone from beyond its walls, and to eradicate the heathen that prey upon the keeps of the Edgelands. And with you three, you shall be my pillars of order, my judge, jury, and executioners. My scythe. But your grace, the guard has faithfully and loyally served for thousands of years. The guard will still have their use and apply it where it is most useful, within our keep. And the next time you speak out of place, your tongue will hold no use. As honored and grateful as I am, Your Grace, I cannot accept the title, for I bear the weight of the death of my fellow countrymen. This is not a request. Of course. My deepest apologies, my queen. Now with that item settled, let us proceed to further business.